Hey, this is Althea with Wove Inspirations, and today on Motivational Monday, you will be listening to an interview with musician, singer, songwriter, and now author, Jermaine Tolbert. So stay tuned. Good morning, and thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspirations. I am your host, Althea Richardson, and on this Monday Morning Motivation, I am sharing an interview that I did with Mr. Jermaine Tolbert. This guy is phenomenal. He has an awesome testimony that um, is is truly amazing. Um, this guy experienced schizophrenia and depression, was diagnosed with schizophrenia and depression, um, but he was able to overcome it. And as a result, he has written a book entitled Remind Me to Think, The Genius Behind Crazy. So I want you guys to stick around and check out this interview with Mr. Jermaine Talbert. And after the interview, I will be sharing some information in regards to how to get in contact with him because he is actually offering manuscript manuscript copies of his new book. So go ahead and check out this interview and I will be back with you shortly. This is Althea with Wove Inspiration. We have a special guest. His name is Jermaine Tolbert. He is a musician, singer, songwriter, and now author who walked away from a recording contract with Oscar and Grammy Award winner Pharrell Williams in order to secure his mental faculties after being diagnosed with schizophrenia and depression. He recently wrote a book about his triumph over the diagnosis entitled Remind Me to Think, The Genius Behind Crazy. Sprinkled throughout the book are his experiences navigating the music industry and how the diagnosis affected that. It is my pleasure to introduce to the listening audience, Mr. Jermaine Tolbert. Jermaine, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's definitely my pleasure. Well, let's go ahead and get started. So tell me a little bit more about yourself. Uh, well, uh, originally born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm actually currently now here in Austin, Texas. I've been here probably a little over a year now. Um, and I got my start in music kind of early on, uh, learning to play piano by ear about age seven or eight. And then started to kind of dabble in singing towards like eighth grade, uh, just a little small amount then, and then full-fledged at probably age 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of uh, developed into a situation where I was like in a group, uh, singing group uh, in high school. And we did a lot of things, uh, did a lot of shows in the city. Uh, and then kind of actually, that was pretty much, I guess, my, my first initial uh, falling in love moment with music. Uh, okay. We actually disbanded uh, during high school. And then a little bit later, I actually got into a gospel group, and that's kind of where, where uh, I guess, my journey really, really took off. Okay, and I did a little research on you. Um, I found out the name of the group was Forever Grateful. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Okay, and how long were you guys together? Uh, this was the gospel group I was, I was just referring to, and we were together maybe about four years, probably. 
Okay. And I also found out that your family is all into music as well. Is that right? Yeah, my dad is a musician. Uh, he plays piano, organ. All of my uncles play multiple instruments. Flows in our genes, yeah. Okay. And did uh, would you say that you grew up in the church? Oh, absolutely. Okay. From day one. <laughs> That's all I know. That's the only world that I know. Okay. And so tell me about how things kind of took a turn from the time that you were... Um, you were in the group, and then um, I believe you went solo um, doing gospel, and then what what happened from there? Yeah, so uh, we were together, like I said, about four years, uh, the gospel group, Forever Grateful, and, um, you know, things just kind of, there, there were some things within the members of the group where we couldn't figure out, you know, whether or not this was something we, you know, we really wanted to continue on doing, you mm -hmm. know, long, longer, no, longer term. I should say, uh, mm -hmm. people had, you know, different excuses as to, you know, why they couldn't make a rehearsal, why they couldn't, you know, show up to a, a performance that we had already agreed on and things like that. It was just kind of wavering uh, yeah. in terms of our dedication and commitment. And, and right along that time, uh, actually, not shortly after, my manager uh, actually let me know that um, a guy by the name of Fred Jerkins, who is uh, the brother of Rodney Jerkins, both Fred and Rodney have produced for talking about some of your biggest names, Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, um, you just name it. Uh, and wow. he, he got he got a hold to her and let her know that he was she was in, he was interested. Okay. Um, as a solo artist, like apart from the group. Yeah. Like, so this was right in the thick of our wavering, wavering ideations of, you know, what moving forward actually looked like for us as a group. And she let me know that, you know, Fred didn't necessarily, you know, want to sign me. You know, he just, you know, had interest. Just his interest was peaked as for, for me alone, apart from, separate from the group. And so she just kind of laid it on me and let me know that, hey, I'm just a messenger. Uh, do, do, do what you will. She had no idea that we were actually, you know, kind of going back and forth, the fellas and I, you know, uh, with our, you know, like I said, lack of commitment issues. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I took like a three-week period where I was just really, 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 trying to think like I, before you know understanding that Fred had interest in me I didn't see anything greater than what we were doing or every everything that we were building to me was was great all yeah. within itself and it really 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 was and we were actually making some real headway in our journey um having saying at you know some of your major mega churches around Detroit uh, we had already started traveling from you know, different states you know performing at different churches so what we had was really great, but I guess when, when, when she let me know that Fred was interested, it just opened up my eyes, I guess, you know, I guess prematurely, if, if I could use that word. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like, whoa, like, this is crazy. Like, so, like I said, d during the time where, you know, we didn't know if, if well, you know, if our, com we, our commitment wasn't really there as strong as it used to be. And so I took that time, like three weeks, just kind of thinking what I wanted to do. I, I thought about just you know, getting word back to Fred and like, hey, you know, really trying to pursue it on my end, you know, going mm -hmm. after him just because I knew he had interest. I didn't really know if I should. End up talking to Marcus Cole, who's actually a part of the Gospel Group Commission. Okay. Um, and um, he, he actually stepped away. He became a solo artist, stepping out of uh, commission. Right. So, uh, I, I knew that he had that experience, you know, what it was like to, to break away from, you know, 
a group situation doing solo and I just kind of talked to him and asked for his advice on the situation. Uh, he gave me his advice and whatnot. And ultimately I, I decided to, to walk away from that group forever grateful and start my solo journey. Yeah. Okay. So how did that, uh, that transition from now you're in going, you're doing solo and gospel. And, um, like I said, I did a little research and then you went from gospel into slowly going into the R and B. So how did that transition take place? Yeah. So, uh, as a solo artist, uh, doing you know, urban contemporary gospel, I put a couple songs on my space, you know, at this time, MySpace had just kind of really started getting going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what everybody was doing, putting their music up. And so I just did it. And a guy reached out to me from Atlanta. Uh, he goes by the name Frame. Um, and so we, we exchanged numbers and we started talking. And he had an a R&B group that he was managing by the name of Hamilton Park. Um, and he actually thought that I would be a great fit for it. He was you know, trying to you know, solicit me to be in this group. And I was letting him know, like, well, you know, I just got out of a, a, a group situation. I don't really know that that's something I want to do just yeah. because of what I experienced. It wasn't nothing really, really deep what I experienced. But the, the main thing I experienced is having my, uh, my future in somebody else's hands or right. somebody else's lack of ambition because I was full throttle and one and knowing what I wanted to do and not only knowing but actually committed to the steps to get there. I, I didn't want to put that in no one else's hands again because I know that you know only I can determine where I'm going and I know for myself I can put in that time and effort to get there right but I can't speak for someone else and so um, you know he, he told me to go ahead and research the group and I did uh, and ultimately after you know checking out the group situation it was a great opportunity I thought but I, I just wasn't interested and so I let him know that you know I let him know I, I just I really want to do the solo thing and he still wanted to work with me. And so uh, he essentially became my manager. Uh, we were talking like back and forth pretty much every single week, uh, just trying to get some get a good idea of, you know, what are the next steps, you know, now that I am a solo artist and blah, blah, blah. And so we started, you know, trying to come up with some great names, you know, you know, maybe you need an artist name, you know I mean? And maybe something that pops or whatever. Not, not, not that your name isn't that. You know, you got, you know, Trey Songs and you got all these other people who, you know, came up with a moniker, you know, pretty much like a logo, a brand. And mm -hmm. so we actually end up, so one day he called me, um, you know, we, we would kind of go back and forth, just throwing out different names all the time, trying to figure out, but nothing ever stuck or nothing ever uh, stuck, rather. And uh, he called me one day, I was like, he was excited. You know, I, I think I really got it. Yeah, he said this many times before, but he said he got one. And so he said, you know, you know who Cap Calloway is? And so I'm like, yeah, you know, he's in our Black history. Right. Obviously, he, you know, opened some major doors for, you know, Black musicians um, today. And so, and so he's like, what do you think about Nate Calloway? Nate is a name that um, I've been going by since I was born. My mom, all my siblings, they all call me Nate. Okay. My name is Nathan. You know, using my first name or the name that I go by, Nate, then he said, well, I'm going to put Calloway on and at the end just to kind of pay homage to Cat Calloway. Yeah. And so it sounded, it sounded like, uh, I don't know, but it sounded okay. But then like pretty much like that same week, just kind of talking and saying it over and over. I was like, wow, that's something. And so I called him back and let him know like, yeah, let, let's do the Nate Calloway thing. And so from there, Nate Calloway was born. And, okay. you, know, he, you know, we decided that maybe I should try to step into that. Yeah. And that's what I did. So let's let's fast forward a little bit. You're you're out there. You're in the industry. 
you know, everything's popping for you. And then all of a sudden something changes. So tell me about how, what, what changed while you were out there in the music industry that ended up uh, having you to, you know, having to go into the hospital. Yeah. So, um, uh, probably, I think I was working as a solo artist doing R&B now, maybe for like, you know, three years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, you know, kind of gained some steam in Detroit and Atlanta. Those were my two main outlets where people actually knew me based on all the relationship that Frame had in Atlanta and letting people know, I know my name was, you know, out there. And then, yeah. but obviously my own work, I was doing in Detroit, you know, I was kind of making my own name there. And, uh, my friend Jay Drew, uh, he at this point, he had just signed, uh, Jay Drew is actually the son of legendary uh, Clark sister, Karen Clark Shear. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, he had just signed to Pharrell Williams as an in-house producer. I had a conversation with Pharrell about starting a group. So he called, Jay Drew called myself and another friend of mine, uh, actually, ironically, another friend that was actually in my gospel group, great kind of weird. Called the both of us and said, "Hey, you know, Pharrell is you know wanting to start a groove and actually if he wanted to do it, and I thought it was a good idea, and so we did that, and then we became the, uh, a group by the name of 3D, and then uh, like shortly after we began our uh, recording process, uh, I got uh, a, I got introduced to marijuana for the first time at a party, and literally smoked marijuana for like seven and a half months straight from that first moment at the party smoking. Um, and then I started to notice after a while um, differences in my, in my thinking, yeah. in my perceptions. Um, uh, but I didn't really you know, take it to heart. I didn't look into it. I just kind of had some little experiences. And things kind of felt funny or you know, not quote unquote normal. I didn't take, you know, put, to put, put my attention to it much into it at all. And actually, on one night, I guess it was the you know, the buildup of of what I what I what I had begun, but I, I wasn't paying attention to. One night, I actually was to, uh, had a situation where I got admitted into the psychiatric ward um, due to you know false realities that I was you know, putting on as real. Okay. And I, that's when I was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia and depression, and I stayed in the hospital ten days. So could it been, I mean, you think it might have been like the, the marijuana or something? Because I know that um, from, from experience, people that, um, that I knew that uh, came across marijuana that was laced with some kind of stuff in there. So do you think that was maybe a part of the, the situation? I definitely believe so. Uh, first of all, it's scientifically proven that marijuana and schizophrenia actually has an association, has a relation, you know, pull, pull the two together. And, and so, uh, but other than that, though, I remember uh, the person who I used to get uh, marijuana from, uh, mostly, I remember he used to always, you know, use this term, hey, this is that gas, this is that gas. I never, never knew what that meant, uh, but yeah. I was, you know, receiving it. And I remember actually feeling, you know, strangely, you know, when I would smoke it, uh, some feelings in my throat and nostril area that was not, you know, uh, quote unquote normal, or, you know, it wasn't the same as when I smoked other uh, weed before. Uh, but I didn't, you know, think much of it. Yeah. Coming out of the hospital and trying to figure out, you know, how that situation happened and how I ended up in the hospital, started to do my research on marijuana. And learn that, yeah, people, like you just said, they do lace it. They put their marijuana and embalming fluid 
they're sprinkling, you know, different, you know, things on it, just coming back to them. You know what I mean? That's a tactic that they use, you know, just to have, I guess, a monopoly on whatever, on their customer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so at that point, after reading that, I, my brain definitely was like, okay, I think, you know, I, when, he was, when he was saying this is that gas, it was that gas, it was definitely chemically induced food. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so you're out of the hospital 10 days uh, later. What was your, I mean, what was your next steps from, from there? Well, really, it was, uh, like, like I just told you, just, you know, when we first started the interview, you know, church is all I know. That's the only thing, I've, the only world I've ever known. So my first thing was, I had to go to the Father. I'm, Amen. I'm, I, am, I am not, you know, copacetic. And he, he's the one who's, who, who's created me, although I've kind of strayed and stepped away. Mm-hmm. He's still God, you know, and he still loves me. And I got to go to him to get myself right. And so, yeah. started, you know, studying my Bible, like, day in and day out, pretty much all day long, really, just trying to get my heart, my mind, you know, in order, praying, meditation. Um, and then, I actually, one day while reading the Bible, I just was like a couple of days after being in the hospital, actually felt you know the move and the tug of god and actually i felt him tell me to walk through what i did uh well actually that's what i told myself that i would do i told myself i would listen i just kind of told myself okay i'll just call the fellas and let you know i can't do this um, and then like literally like an hour later uh, my, my friend jay drew and john my group member 3d they actually called me they're going crazy they're excited yeah and you know you know it's happening it's about to go down and blah 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 and i'm like you know what's happening what's going on and they're like, well, yeah, Pharrell is about to send us all out to Miami. We're trying to go Andre Pharrell and get things, you know, further along uh, with what we were doing. Uh, because really, you know, as we were creating our music before going into hospital. That's what we were doing. We were creating, 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 getting ready for our debut album, and, you know, on the back end uh, set up. So now Pharrell finally, you know, we were always in connection. But this was this was our moment. You know, Andre Pharrell is another legend. In the- yeah, started Diddy's career. And then, yeah, yeah, he's like big time out there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, huge. Um, and so uh, um, they called on like a Monday. Flight was supposed to leave on that Thursday. Um, Holy cow! Yeah, it was really, really, really crazy. And so I'm excited, but I know that God just told me to walk away. I'm excited because I'm like. Man, and I'm still now wavering in my mind, like, do I even want to listen to what God is saying or do I just want to go after my dream? Cause it's like, and um, I, I decided to go ahead and just listen to what I felt God was leading me to do. Uh, I honestly didn't feel like that would do me any good to blatantly disobey. And then number two, knowing myself and not trying to get myself and myself aware and understanding. Like I'm not in a, in a position mentally to be able to handle what's about to come next. I just, I wouldn't even want to put myself out there like that. Um, and so I'll just let them know over the phone right then and there. Like, I'm sorry, guys, I can't get on this plane. Uh, I didn't actually tell them that I was in a mental hospital just a couple of days prior or any situation. I just let them know that I couldn't go because there, I was going through something. Wow, that, I, wow. I commend you because there's not a lot of people that would actually decide to just, you know, put all that aside. And it sounds like you, because of the the spiritual connection that you have with God, 
and being obedient, it's that, that it brings about that scripture that talks about being obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And you doing what you did, that is phenomenal. I really commend you on that. Well, I appreciate it. It was definitely difficult at the moment, though. That's for sure. Yeah. So you got a book that's you you got coming out. Tell me about the book. And so the name of the book is Remind Me to Think, The Genius Behind Crazy. Uh, it's really um, a, a book. Yes, it's for people who deal with mental issues. Yes, it's for people um, who, who don't feel like they can overcome that issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so much more than that. Um, it's, it's, it's so many insights uh, into, you know, just for the regular everyday person to, to bring about focus and discipline to bring into um, fruition that, that future, you know, that they see for themselves that they don't currently have and they can't seem to get over the hump. Yeah. Whether they're, you know, bumping in the walls or whether they're, you know, just, you know, having even a lack of commitment within self. Yeah. It's a book to inspire and to grab someone out of their chair, no matter what the situation is, in that chair representing, you know, a dark place, a place where you can't see the day of of light or your ideas can't see the day of light. And it's it's a book to, to grab, hey, get up, you know, get off your butt and happen what you see, you know, you could just do it. You don't have to continue to talk about it. You don't have to continue to complain or have regret for your lack of motivation, your lack of action. You could just turn yourself into an active person. So I, I talk about uh, self-esteem in the book, knowing that, you know, that's a big deal when it comes to, you know, uh, like depression and, you know, mental, other mental uh, health um, issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Self-esteem can do a lot if you didn't necessarily get affirmation as a child and, things like that. So I kind of, I deal with that for a bit. I go into a, uh, a broken psychiatric system where I research multiple um, psychiatrists who actually are totally against uh, the medications that, that patients are being given. Okay. That, that they're doing more harm than anything um, than, than, than actual helping patients. And I don't think that most people understand that. And so uh, I just kind of put in the book all the research that I got from them. Um, so, so it's, it's a very powerful and impactful book, that's for sure. Um, and okay. like I, I'm, I give my testimonies and give my, you know, movements as, you know, going in, you know, moving around the industry and, you know, still in dealing with, you know, my, my incongruences and my thinking. Okay. So um, now with the diagnosis that you received, are you taking any medication or, or how are you handling it, you know, right now in your life? No, I am not. I don't associate myself with a mental illness okay. whatsoever. Uh, I was given a medication in that moment, you know, to to take. Uh, they actually they told me to take it for like 30 to 60 days or something okay. like that. And if I felt like I needed more than to get a re-prescription of it or whatever, yeah. I just got my medications like 20-something day uh, just because I knew that, you know, that was nothing that I felt like you know, I wanted to be a part of. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want "quote unquote" mental illness on me. So I, yeah. I, I needed to take anything for what I didn't want to associate with. And so, like I said, I continued running after the father, and and ultimately, he is the one that totally healed and reconstructed my mind. Amen. Yeah. Now I I, I completely and totally believe in that. Now there. There are instances where if it's someone that is, you know, really severe, 
and it's it's something that could have could help them um if they if it kind of like balances things out for that individual until they can get to that point um in their life spiritually where they can completely come off of that then um you know for me that it it kind of like sets the pace for that individual but if god i i don't deny god anything that he can do he can do whatever he wants to do and he has apparently done an awesome miracle in you and i again i commend you when i saw you on uh instagram and i read your posts and everything i was like i gotta get in contact with this guy because this is a miracle for real and i just again i commend you all glory goes to him really it's it's none of none of my you know yeah i couldn't do it without him that's for sure yeah so what is your goal as a mental health advocate in sharing your story well like i said i want to help i want to i want to assist those who are dealing you know with mental health uh, i think that is the focus for sure although i you know I put some different principles and insights for the average you know everyday reader but it's definitely for you know that that, that mental health community like that you know the stigma is so strong where you have you know so many people who are dealing with this or dealing with mental illness and they're not you know getting help they're not even telling people people don't even know no one yeah. knows but them and they're afraid because they're embarrassed you know when when I got out of the hospital I was totally embarrassed to tell my group members I was in the hospital that's unheard of you know, I don't say that and so people are living like that and and they don't even know that they can seek help and they can actually do things to bring about you know mental health you know knowledge is a big huge piece in my book uh, the insertion and you know the, the ingestion of knowledge on a consistent basis mm-hmm. totally transformed my mind more than most people give it credit to um, I'm, I'm that empirical evidence of such a notion um, and so uh, so that, that's the whole purpose of the book is to tell my story let people in the person and get that conversation going let, let's actually get the stigma away yes like that that, that that what is unnormal should become normal in terms of having a conversation and letting someone know that you're loved regardless you're not you're accepted regardless you're not different because right. you, have, you know you have a different life than me and your mind works differently you know than it does it's supposed to we're all snowflake nobody was made to be the same exactly so they could be total you know just lose the fence, you know, when it, you know, when it comes to it, like you could just be free and understand that, yeah, I'm dealing with something right now, but I'm not going to always be dealing. Amen. So how can people reach you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at uh, Jermaine underscore Tolbert. I'm on Twitter at J underscore underscore Tolbert. Um, those are my, my two main ones. Um, and uh, for that, uh, for that book, remind me to think the genes behind crazy. I have a fundraiser going for and the fundraiser is called Project Genius of a Schizophrenic. Okay. And I'm looking for $9,000 total for uh, the launching and marketing of this book when it comes time to actually publicate it. I just want to get it into those hands that we just spoke about, the hands that actually need this information and insight. Um, and so I'm, I'm requesting any funds, whether it be a penny or a dollar, whoever donates will get a full entire copyrighted original manuscript of the book uh, to be amongst the first to actually read it. Um, and you know, email me. Let me know what you think, and you know, hopefully, you know, even add to the dialogue through email, and maybe even you know, be a part of some additional changes in the book by the time it hits publication. 
Okay. Uh, that, that, that project could be, uh, you could donate and get that manuscript at www.youcaring.com slash genius of a schizophrenic project. Awesome. And I will definitely be sharing your information as well, because this information definitely needs to get out there for real. So before we go, I always ask my special guest to give, if you can, a personal quote, something that, that is like, this is what I live by and, and you want people to know. Mm, that's a good one. Um, live to learn. Yeah. Live to learn. That, that, that's, that's really, really, really true. Uh, whatever your motivations are, whatever, whatever other you know, ideologies you live by, philosophies, you can pick this one up. This culminates whatever yours is. I guarantee it. Live to learn. Amen. I love that. I love that. So did you have any other last words that you would like to share with the audience? Uh, well, I would just, I just appreciate you for having me again. Um, audience, you guys need to be listening in and checking into this podcast. This woman is doing, this awesome woman is doing. She's changing lives. She's doing something spectacular. Get plugged in. Absolutely. Awesome. I right. thank you so very much for coming on to this broadcast. I really appreciate you. Um, I will definitely be making sure that people check out your book. Um, give out the funds that they need to get this word out because it is definitely something that needs to go out. So I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming on to Wove Inspirations. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. All right. Take care. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast, this Monday morning motivation. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Jermaine Tolbert. If you are interested in donating into this awesome project, let me go ahead and give you the website. It is www.youcaring.com backslash genius of a schizophrenic project. Check out, check out that website. As he indicated, donate whatever amount that you feel like donating, whether it's a dollar, $10, $5, $20, whatever amount that you can. The whole thing is to help support him in his efforts of bringing awareness to mental illness. And this book really needs to get out there. So check out his website and donate because I will be donating. And again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, go ahead and send me a message. Send me an email. You can email me at wove2005 at yahoo.com or leave a message on my uh, podcast if you'd like. And I would love to share your comments, anything that you have to share. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. And this is Althea with Wove Inspirations. You guys have an awesome day. God bless. Hey, friends out there. This is Althea with Wove Ministries. And I just wanted to let you guys know that I have some social media connections that I would love for you guys to reach out uh, to me and connect with me. I love networking. I love just uh 
just staying connected with everybody. And so you guys can reach out to me on Facebook through uh, WOVE, which is which actually stands for Women of Vision and Excellence. And so uh, my name on Facebook is WOVE, that's W-O-V is in Victory E. And I'm also on Instagram and my Instagram name is W-O-V is in Victory E. 2005 so let's connect let's fellowship let's let's you know let's network let's just be friends okay